Hey there, Trekhoff fans. It's time to get awesome. That's right. AwesomeCon is this weekend, the 29th, the 30th, and the 31st of May, 2015. Now, why do you want to go? Let me tell you why you have to go to this. Shatner, William Shatner is going to be there. George Takei is going to be there. Part of the cast of Doctor Who's going to be there. The I think like the Power Rangers might be there. I know the creators of the Ninja Turtles are going to be there. I know people from Buffy and Angel are going to be there. You're going to see a ton of celebrities that are awesome that you want to meet. You want to meet these people. But if you're already going or if I've now convinced you to go, because frankly, I should have right now um, on Saturday, May 30th at 3.30 in room 145B, Trek Off is live. That's right. Alexia and I are going to be performing Trek Off live for an audience. You have to see the show. It's so fun. It's so fun to be there when we're doing the show live. So you have to be there. Room 145B at 3.30 on Saturday, May 30th. Now, that's not all. If you are wondering where else I might be, um, I'm going to be all over Awesome Con. At 11 a.m., I'm going to be with Eduardo Sanchez, the guy who made the Blair Witch Project, and his, co- his writing partner, Jamie Nash, and a bunch of other panelists hosting Defending the Phantom Menace Where we actually sit down And have a discussion About the bad things And the good things About the Phantom Menace And and you can hear our opinions Maybe voice yours Then you can also Hear some of the music I wrote At Shepard In room 154 At 4.30 Which immediately proceeds That's right At 5pm Ninjas vs. Monsters Is going to be playing You can finally see it If you haven't seen it Or you can see it again If you want to With a crowd It's so much better that way Awesome Con is the place to be. Go to Awesome Con. All right, I got nothing else to say. Awesome Con, and if you're there, come see us. Okay, enjoy Trek Off. Warning, the following contains plot spoilers and naughty language. That means explicit content. And the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad. It's just a show. It's time for Trek Off. Enterprise Double D. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. And today, sorry we've been gone for so long, guys. It's (laughs) been like a couple of weeks. We are slacking. I know. We suck bad. I've got a good excuse, though. Do you? I do. I moved. Did you know that? I guess that's kind of a good excuse. Totally surprised to you. I know that you had no idea that I was moving. I had no idea that you had moved. (laughs) Coincidentally, Mr. A was missing from your house all day long. It was um, weird. I wondered he, where he was. He was um, in my house. <laughs> <laughs> he was here. Um, the the listeners um, and fans of the uh, of everything that we do um, should be enthused to know that it was just a cornucopia today of uh, end light uh, people here with uh, Mr. A representing Trek off with uh, with my brother-in-law Mike who did a lot of the effects for vampires and monsters with Corey uh, who played Cole and Daniel Mascarello who played uh, Daniel Mascarello who played um, everyone <laughs> like, I you like know, I couldn't everybody. choose. I was like Fitz, the, and I was the like, mummy, I, and Manson, and and even one of our listeners were there with us. Uh, I say that uh, uh, it's my buddy Brett, um, who I've known since ninth grade, who actually listens to the show, and he was a little disappointed because there were, you were going to maybe be able to come, and then you weren't able to come because other stuff came up, and he was kind of bummed because he was like, I wanted to meet Alexia. Um, so uh, can you say hi to Brett? He would make his day. <laughs> hi, Brett. I'm sorry I missed you. Because <laughs> uh, he is awesome. Uh, he was, uh, uh, 
uh, I told the story uh, when I was a kid. Um, we would sit down at a piano and I would start playing uh, this song. It was a stupid song that we called "The Rock and Roll Singers Are Dying Left and Right," and we would sit on the on the piano and go, "The <laughs> Rock and Roll Singers Are Dying Left and Right," and we do that, and then we would like make up stupid shit, and it was really funny. And so we were like, "Well, why don't we record it one time?" And he was like, "Yeah, let's totally record it." And we'd always sit together like at a piano bench, and I would play, and then we would both make up funny stuff and like make people laugh with it, and so. So we sat down to record. I was recording even then in high school. I had to record what I was, you know, like early podcasting. We just put it on a tape. Um, and uh, and we would record. And, and when we went to record, he stood up and I was sitting down the way that I always did. And so I hit record and I hit the keys and I go, time to record. And he goes, yeah. And I go, sit down. And he goes, no. And I just, I get flummoxed. And I'm just, um, uh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what happened. You would have liked him. He's, 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 uh, he's a cool guy. I hope you guys get to meet sometime. Um, yeah, I hope so. Well, maybe the next time you move. No, just kidding. What is, uh, what, what is it? Hopefully it'll be on something fun. Um, but while we're talking about listeners, I want to, I want to thank Brown for emailing. Um, and, you know, thank, I was all like, that's right. I read Neuromancer. I'm educated. <laughs> well, and, and now but evidently, cool. I, so I never heard a Neuromancer before you brought it up. And then like, I think like this week they're talking about a Neuromancer movie. Are you kidding? I was actually, like, as I was reading the book, I kept thinking about how I would, how I really, um, like, cause this is, you know, sort of confession time. Um, I, when I was reading the book the first time, I, I actually felt like kind of dumb. Like, and I don't usually feel dumb. Like, I'm not trying to say I usually feel like, oh, I'm so smart. But, like, I don't usually feel, like, that inadequate. But I really did. Like, because I read a lot. And I was really, like, so I'm getting, like, I'm really, like, he's really built a vibrant world. Like, there's a lot of descriptor happening here. But, like, I'm not really sure what's going on at the same time. (laughs) Like... I feel like I'm stupid or something because like he uses a lot of slang and and stuff like that. Like, so it, it's good in the way that it sort of immerses you in the world. Right. It, it, it gives you credit for not like it doesn't it, like that book of all books. I feel like this does not talk down to you like at all. Like it just dumps you in this world that he's made and, and you just better figure it the fuck out. Um, so I like that aspect of it. But at the same time, like it, I, I felt a little bit like I wish there was a movie. And now your wish came true to see some of that slang realized so that I would see like because he's a lot of times when he's talking about like the Matrix and like security systems in there and stuff like that. And he talks about something called ice, I want to say. I'm like, what is ice? Like, what does that mean? And also (laughs) doubly cool on top of that and and there being a movie that like like you had to connect with a listener about that. And that's cool. Yeah, that was so cool. I was like, oh. We love to hear from you guys, man. That's before we get into Trek and we have a lot of Trek to talk about. We'd love to hear from you. Um, yeah, definitely. It's such a pick me up when somebody like you know reaches out and and like now I've got some cool books to read thanks to him. Like some <laughs> shit I gotta look at. Like I was like, that's fucking cool. I'm gonna check that shit out. <laughs> like, so thank you, Ron. That's very cool. How was your Trek week? My Trek week. Um, or two you know, weeks. I haven't had much of that because I remember at one point you told me um you were like you really should watch Agent Carter. Yeah. And and you were like you're really gonna like it. And oh, like, no. I feel like I watched it in the middle of the night 
it was probably three o'clock in the morning the first time I watched it. And like, I really, I wanted to like text you and call you so badly. Like, cause that was You like, didn't like it? No, I did. I was, because I, I wanted to be like, oh my God, you're so right. <laughs> like, oh, good. I was, I was like, scared. I was scared. I thought, I thought I was waiting for the come down where you're like, and no, it sucked no, and no. fuck like, you. It was, it was an interesting, um, it was an interesting sort of feeling. Cause like, especially after that first episode, because like I was in a weird place where it was like, I really loved the show, um, but I really hated the men on the show, right? Like I, I except for um, except for the one guy that was that was always cool. Um, yeah, Victor from even, Dollhouse. Yes. Oh, I loved seeing him. I just had to call him Victor. That's all he is. He's Victor. I was like, I'm so glad it's him. I loved him on that show. He's so cute. And like, he's the one good guy on this show. Sweet. (laughs) And and the chick he's totally in love with on Dollhouse is totally on Marvel on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now. Oh, I know. I haven't gotten that far. Like, I feel like I saw her show up and I remember being like, yay, I love that chick. Um, I love that I've seen the chick from Dollhouse because I, because I dug her on that show, uh, much like Victor. Um, so I was like, cool, but like, I don't, she hasn't become, like, I haven't seen her whole story arc yet. She's just been introduced where I am at in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. So I'm not caught up on that. Um, but, but you liked Agent Carter. I, I mean, I'm more than like, I fucking love, love, like, I love almost everything about it. Like, I, like, on the one hand, like I said, I was always so mad at the men, like, and so I was like, I, it's like I'm furious when I watch it sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but even the men like, have an arc in the show where, you know, they, they, I mean, they do. they're, like, they're in a, they're, they're in a world where they don't, they, they have been conditioned to think one way and they, most of them by the end of the show really respect her and they're changing their, she is changing their attitudes. So yes. like, like she is a, 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 not an agent of shield, but an agent of change. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I just, it, it's so funny because, like, I, and poor Mr. A can attest this because when he's watching it with me, like, I, I just vitriol will pour out of my mouth at them. Like, when they're just being like, you fucking idiots. Why don't you know? Why are you treating her like that? You're so stupid. Like, it's just like, I mean, rage. Flames on the side of my face. But I just, but what's so cool about it is, like, I love Jarvis. Um, He's oh, yeah. so adorable. You know, um, and what I think was interesting is watching um, uh, the Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah, uh, I was what you saw? so much more connected to Jarvis, even though it's a different actor, totally before. different guy. No, no, I know that. I know that. I'm not fucking stupid, man. Come on. Sorry. I know that. But like, I'm clear that the genesis of this was uh, like. There's no other reason for him to be named Jarvis. Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, that in my mind has created the association to, like, the real Jarvis, like, in Agent Carter. And it's like, I love, I like, I always liked Jarvis, to be clear, like, in the Iron Man movies. And, in, you know what I mean? Like, I always yeah. loved Jarvis. But, like, I loved him a little bit more, like, seeing where he came from. What did like, you think of the Avengers? That he came from this cute little domestic butler guy <laughs> like he's just so adorable like especially when he gets flummoxed did it's you like the best thing ever did you like the avengers um i did i did it's a fun film it's you not as good mean? it's like, not as good as debate that part um i there are certain things that bother me that don't bother other other people sure i, I want to hear about um, them 
I, I think every time there's a motorcycle in a film, I get particularly peeved when it's like, okay, I get it. It's a motorcycle and we want shit to look cool. But, and I like let them get away with it in the opening sequences with Cap because I'm like, okay, he's uh, super human. Yeah. So like human plus. Okay, sure. Maybe. But like, I'm sorry. Black Widow's just a person. Like, she's just a human being, albeit a well-trained human being. She's just a fucking human being. How hard would it have been to put some fucking goggles on her? Like, that's all I'm asking for. Like, I, you know, like, I remember Dark Angel. Did you ever watch that show? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I did. I love that show. And she was always on a motorcycle, and she was fucking genetically enhanced, and she still wore goggles. Like, she looked hot as shit in her leather, and she didn't wear a helmet. I'm like, okay, cool, fine, all that. But she still wore goggles. And do you want to know why? Because if you are on a motorcycle going at any speed, like, your eyes... Well, just you can't be able. You won't see. Like, and if you're going, she had you're she had bio, bionic bionic contacts. Shut uh, the fuck up. <laughs> you know, I, so I was ready for you one, to one fleck of dust in your eye at that speed. I'm just saying. Like, I just how it's hard so funny because like, I was I was so ready. I was so ready movie. for you to like, be like for you to be like like you know the the whole feminist argument that erupted the whole thing that erupted around Joss and all that. About that, I honestly I did not feel that way. Like I was really surprised when I found out about it after that because as you know me like I don't I don't like live on the interwebs like you do. So like I I heard about it like after we watched the film. And I was like, what are they talking about? And then I realized the scene that they were after I'm like, wow. I was like that's really interesting. Like that is just not the leap that I made. Like Well, I, and it was two I, things, right? It was it was both the that scene, the scene where she's talking about being sterile and then the fact that she um became a damsel in distress at one point. Although I hear, um, and this may or may not be a rumor, but I hear that she may have been pregnant during parts of the shoot. And, and as a, like as a factor of that, they wanted to keep her involved in the story, but she could not be as involved in the action is a rumor that I heard. Um, I don't know if it's true. I don't know. You know, with Dr. Crusher, they just had to put a long blue coat on her and pretend we didn't notice. Right. So <laughs> it's it's weird how both Doctor Doctor Crusher and Belana Torres occasionally like to wear long coats. Or this really and long, this interesting designed coat is just this really long coat. Like, they also like to sit in front of fruit baskets. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, they like to sit a lot. Like most of their dialogue is while sitting. I don't know. What I don't want to get too into the the whole you know feminist argument and stuff, but I will I say mean, this: the only uh, thing I want to the only thing I would get into, like I don't like the damsel in distress. Like, and I and and I've actually been reading some urban fantasy novels of recent as well that like really have pissed me off in this respect because it's like and so this sort of the one thing that I I liked about Agent Carter, um, like because the, the thing that that pisses me off right it's like i'm reading these urban fantasy novels right and they're the you know the main character is this strong heroine right like she's you know either really really powerful magically or she's really really a good fighter or like whatever like for whatever she is fucking super badass right and she and she obviously there's always some love interest right so the guy falls in love with her because she's so strong right because she's such a badass and yet invariably this guy always has to fucking rescue her and i'm like what the fuckity fuck fuck like why Either she's a badass or she's not. Like, and if we've established that she's a badass, why does she have to get rescued by him at some point? Like, that really pisses me off. And I love that in Agent Carter, she fucking rescues the other guy. And he's a dick, too. Like, and he kind of, like, on the one hand, you're, like, there are times when I'm like, he could just die, though, and it would be okay. Like, because he would piss me off so much with his fucking, you know, 
women's statements. But, like, she saves him, like, legit, straight up. Like, and and by the time, like you said, like, by the time you kind of get to the end of the season, like, they've begrudgingly realized, like, that she's a fucking badass and that they should, you know, change their viewpoint on women. Like, and I think that, and I just, I want that. And so that aspect is frustrating. Well, but I, as for the I, sterilization I, I comment, the sterilization, like, sort of conversation, right? Like, what occurred to me in that moment when she was talking that about seemed like an edit to me that seemed like an edit to me because they were flashing to her murdering people earlier they were you know like she was just using the i felt like to me like she was using the sterilization comment to go to go this is the ultimate of what they made me do you know that the, be the best killer like that's yeah. how it read to me right it didn't read to me like i'm a monster because I yeah i mean it's it, she wasn't now. like going it, if you can't have kids you're a monster like at right. no point does that to seem to like, be the point i was i was like created i have been so honed and and fashioned into a weapon that i've even had my ability to to make babies burned out of me well and like, and All frankly, of, like, everything and, and, about me has been designed to make me a better killer. Well, and like, Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch right? was also like the most, like more powerful than Ultron in some ways. So, like, I, I, I get what they're saying. It was not, you know, it was maybe a step back for the character. I was sad for Joss to start with because he was kind of doing the "I'm sorry" tour before the movie opened. Like he was doing I heard a bunch about of this as well. I, I I'm unaware of this tour of the I'm sorry tour. Like what? It's well, it's not really an I'm sorry tour, but he kept doing interviews, and in his interviews, he kept saying how the movie almost broke him. It was so stressful. He's quitting Marvel, blah blah blah, and he was doing all that before the movie came out. And the movie came out, and there was all this backlash, and the backlash was against him, and people were being really shitty. Like 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 I believed in you, Joss, and you betrayed women. I'm gonna kill you. Like they were like like really like very threatening, and eventually he just left Twitter. And like people turned on him and it really bummed me out because you know what? Joss has earned the right to fuck up and to make a movie about how stupid and weak movie women are and to get forgiven about it. Because the fact is, is that Joss, more than almost any other male figure I know, has been out there in front of, of like things like equality now that like that's his that's his uh, charity. So, so yeah, I will say surely, surely he misstepped in some of his choices for the Avengers, but to turn to him and go like, like people are calling him, you know, a, a misogynist. I'm going, Joss Whedon? Like, yeah, so he, so he tried to please too many people and he, he, you know, messed up, you know, maybe a little with, with Scarlet Witch, but to call him a misogynist when he's, when he's devoted so much of his life to showing strong female characters and not just that, like beyond being a director and a writer, being there to, to, to make sure that, that, that women are treated better in society. I was so angry at how quickly people turned on him. And, 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 and I I could see that. Like it's, it's, like the man, the man has earned situation. some slack. Is my point. The man has earned sure. a I hell mean, of a lot of slack. Like, I I don't like. While I may be upset, perhaps by some of the things that happened, right? Like I don't. It never occurred to me to hate Joss for it, like or to feel like how could you let this happen? Like, like for instance, like you and I, like I know 
like, I love you and I know that you believe in equality for women and that you're not just like a misogynist pig, but like you say some shit sometimes and I'm like, wow, dude, really? Like, and it's like what it says, what it speaks to, to me anyway, when it's somebody that I know, right? Like that, that I feel like is proven that they're not a misogynist pig. Like that our, our like societal standards are so ingrained and we're bombarded with it so constantly that's that like shit slips through like and you don't and i I consider myself to be an equal opportunity pig i just want to be i want to be clear (laughs) i I, want to be clear that 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 that, that i I am an equal opportunity asshole today i will say something misogynist and tomorrow i will say something you know you know really disrespectful in other ways to other people so you know the fact is is that i disrespect everybody equally um (laughs) anyone who isn't exactly like me uh, <laughs> They're all bust. But but just more than most, I think my point is is that you know I'm reminded of there's uh in in the first Spider-Man movie uh um Green Goblin has uh this speech in the very first one with Tobey Maguire that he he's talking to uh Spider-Man he says he says you know what people love is a hero but then what they love is to see a a, a hero fall and fail and die trying they will turn on you. And, you know, it, it bums me out because nobody is calling Michael Bay a misogynist pig. And nobody... Really? Because I call him that all the time. But here's the thing. Nobody's calling him that. And nobody's calling Why? basic general TV not? a misogynist pig. No, nobody's calling, you know, the people who made friends misogynist pigs. But the fact is because Joss was out in front doing so much good, the fact that he did something that was kind of like baseline normal at this point, by comparison to what he's done in the past suddenly he's That's why like it feels like a betrayal like i understand why it feels like a betrayal and why why people are hurt and it's like but what i don't understand the hate aspect though right like i and i say and you know what like, i say to people i say i believed in you but like the 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 like i want to kill you now part that well and that i and i would go a step I further i would go, i would go don't be hurt don't be betrayed. The man is a filmmaker. He's tried his best. He clearly has things that he's not that happy about. I mean, it's it's well, and he's just a person. Like at the end of yeah, the he's movie, a, he's like he didn't co- he didn't go out to make that movie for women or for men or for me or for you. He went out trying to make the movie he wanted to make, and then had some of the most powerful people in entertainment pulling at him and pushing at him and pulling at him and pushing at him, pushing at him so much that he quit Marvel. Like, like the the amount of pressure I can't imagine. I mean, the amount of pressure yeah, I, I can't go- either. Especially with like you've got all of these other like you've got all of the other Marvel properties tied into it, and then it culminates in Avengers, and then you've got again a whole another rash of movies that tie into the next one, and like a show and another show, and you know what I mean? Like it's it's a lot. Yeah, it, it just it just it like, may, I can't it, like there's. There's definitely things that you can say bad about it. Like there is, but there's also things that I really liked. And it's like, I don't know how you, how you do everything right. Like I, like I really love that Hawkeye like got to do something this time. Sure. Like yeah. I mean, arc it... and like that he mattered and stuff. Like, cause I, first of all, I love that guy. Second of all, like he does matter. You know what I mean? Like, and it kind of didn't feel like he really felt like a prop a lot of the times in the first one. So like it was like, and I, I know they even make a joke about it in uh, in the second one. In the movie, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> cracks me up. But, like, I did like that it was like, uh, I did him a disservice. Like, let's fix that. You know, and I just, I don't know how you can. And then they introduced these, you know, these two new characters, which I'm still kind of fuzzy on how they were able to do that because 
Quicksilver, at least, has been introduced already in an All right, so, so this is what I'll do. The, the, the very short version, and then I have a couple other things I want to talk about, um, but the, the short version is that Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch have been longstanding members of the Avengers. They have. But their origins okay. are in early X-Men. And right. they were so they were their Magneto's kids. Well, that they are they were so in their history they were not originally Magneto's kids, and then there was a big reveal: Magneto's your father. And so, like that right. was a retcon that happened later. Um, Quicksilver has recently been a member of the X Men again, but like th- those two characters have been like Scarlet, which may have started in, in X Men, but she was a huge part of Avengers. And what makes her important is that she had an ongoing relationship with vision like throughout the years they had their own comic book vision and the scarlet witch and they like i I think they get married in the comics oh interesting like that's the but i mean i guess i guess the thing is that just bummed me out was that that like like you say you would feel betrayed because of how much joss would do has done so far and i would say you know i wouldn't it's not that i would feel betrayed but i would go you know what you've you have earned a free pass. Like, like with my insurance, I get, I get accident forgiveness if I'm a really good driver. <laughs> and, and you know, he's earned accident forgiveness. Like he really has. I guess so. I mean, maybe, maybe betrayed is the wrong. Like I, I, I it's disappointment. Sure. You can, and, you and, know, and, like, and to go, Joss, like, I'm disappointed, like you, but I'm and, still and on your side. Sometimes kind of unfair, right? Like, cause maybe, like maybe we built him up too much. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm saying. Like at the end of the day, he's just a human being. Like, yeah. And I think when he, because he did all the stuff though that he was doing and he was Joss Whedon and he's, you know what I mean? It was like, this puts a lot of pressure on him to like, to be Joss Whedon and to be our champion. And like, we need champions, right? Like, well, I'm, I'm glad that he's going to be back to doing his own just, stuff now. I mean, that's, I'm it's glad just sad. That. The whole situation. But Hey, let's talk it. Let, let me say a sentence that, like a year ago, it seemed like I was being really sarcastic and, and flippant, and now I can say not that. What about that other feminist movie, Mad Max? So, huh? Because that, a lot of people a, are pointing to it a, as a feminist film. It's such a weird movie. <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's great! So, it's an art film. It's a it's a it's it's a film where where the violence is the art. I guess so. Like, I mean, it, it certainly like what I, I don't think I'd ever actually seen the original Mad Max before. Yeah, I'd seen pieces. Um, yeah. So I we actually watched it right before we went and saw um, the new one. And I remember thinking when I'm watching Mad Max, like, I'm like, this is so weird. Like, like we're just like, what's going on right now? Like, I'm, I'm kind of not sure. <laughs> like, this is really weird. <laughs> like, and they're just like sometimes, like sometimes it'd be like this shot of like a bird, like a close up of a bird. Oh, sure, <laughs> but that, that my understanding is shots like that are because they didn't like have enough footage to do the scene, so they need to cut. It to just something. seemed so purposeful. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and it made me giggle, but like in a good way. Like, it was like to be clear, I wasn't like this is weird. Did you like the new you know Mad Max? I, mean? I was like, did, did you like the really new one? Weird, huh? Did you like the new one? Um. So yeah, it was really weird, and I'm like, I'm sort of unsure. Like, Always what's blown away. Is there's there's very little dialogue in it. I was blown um, away, uh, Alexia. I was blown. Away, there was a break. There was a break in the action at one point. There was a break in the action at one point that I realized I was out of breath, (laughs) and that doesn't happen to me. I just, I feel like the only, like the reason to watch that film is for the really cool 
vehicles that they've come up with. And the cool car chases and the and the the action that is not all CGI. I think that's why like by the end it's like watching an action movie via Cirque du Soleil. I mean it's just and it's all so real. When stunts are real and they're not digital, you just feel it more. Like in Avengers, it was just really clear to me when, when speaking of motorcycles, when Scarlet Witch jumps out of that plane and rides away in a motorcycle, it didn't feel real. It didn't feel particularly not real. But in Mad Max, they were doing the same sort of thing and it felt real because it was real. They did it. They yeah. just did it. Yeah, I definitely liked the motorcycle sequences in Mad Max a lot better. <laughs> you um, know what I mean? Like everybody's all, you know, fucking geared up and like, you know, has stuff on. And like when when, it, when they crash, it looks, oh, my gosh, it's so awful. Um, although I will say I want Black Widow's bike. Like, I don't know if they're selling that somewhere. What about I fucking want that bike? It was. Hot. Oh, man, you'd um, get so pissed off because they are selling uh, the bike with Captain America on it. Uh, I know. I know. That's Marvel, I mean, that's not Joss. Cool too, but I want the Black Widow bike. Come on, yeah. man. Like, that's some bullshit, but that's that's just going to get me all angry again. Hey, speaking um, of bullshit. I'm gonna, I, the, here was the one thing that stood yeah. out to me about Mad Max. And I, <laughs> this is the guy playing the guitar. Like, I, oh, yeah, totally. That was real, too. That like, wasn't CGI. They they built that. No, I'm clear that they did. Um, I just, I, it's just, it's so funny. This is what I'm talking about. It's so weird. Like, like that's a dedicated motherfucker. Do you know what I mean? Well, you know what I love about that? You know what I love about that scene? There was no electric guitar in the score except when he was on screen. I know. I like, know. it was like, like and like the when drums. They, like, when they woke him up, like, he's, like, sleeping at one point, and they woke him up. He's like, oh, it's time for us to go. Like, and they just, had, and, the, and his little float, <laughs> his little truck had, had drums on it, too. So this is a bad guy that has to have a score following him around all the time. <laughs> I know. It's just, that's what I mean. It's like, so it's great. So I loved it. I, re- I saw it with... I loved it. I loved it. Like there was one point in time that kind of that 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 really bothered me. I will say this: like uh, was when uh, Charlize Theron like like had to redo her makeup like at one point, and I was kind of like, okay, I get I get that she looks hot with the black stuff, but like I'm not. Oh, I didn't see that as her redoing her makeup at all. I saw that as like putting on war paint. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like, it's why seemed... though? Like they're in the thick of battle, and she needs to take time out to put on war paint. No, but you know what? Because the because the the um the war boys or whatever the 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 they like they all did that too. Like they there was part of like their whole symbology. They would spray their teeth when they were about to die. It was all a thing. I did not see that as she's putting on eyeliner. You know, although I mean, it just... although there's a part of me after watching my mother and my wife over the years that thinks it would be really awesome to see her fighting and also putting on eyeliner. Because, because that's my mom and my mom especially had some ninja moves growing up. Like she was, she could absolutely have done those fights and put on the island. I think we could agree that your mom and your wife probably, uh, didn't have the same. It's so funny uh, because I did not take that as putting on makeup at all. I did not see that as, I did not see that as putting on makeup at all. I saw that as like, like. As, as part of the symbology at no I mean, point was that casually, a chick I will say this it wasn't like she did it like with a lot of like attention to detail or anything like that it was it was clearly like just a shoot sort of smear but it felt to me like it was a reason to be able to make her like to actually do her makeup again like i when you see her next she's all done up like it doesn't look like what she did there when she just put a swipe on her fucking forehead um 
So it seems you know, like it could it could also be like re up her makeup because it it could also be and this is just from a filmmaking perspective it could have been when they shot the next scene they had her in the dark eye makeup and the scene earlier she wasn't in the dark eye makeup and they were like and fuck, they were like, we, gotta fuck we gotta do it like I know that there's the the at the beginning ninjas versus monsters one of the characters is covered in blood and then the next scene they're not covered in blood and so I have this one little shot where I just show them throwing a bunch of bloody napkins on the ground. Like that's <laughs> like 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 you like made the, a joke out of it, but like yeah, but but it was because I realized the mistake I had made. Hey, listen, you know what we're not doing? We're not talking about Star Trek. And I got uh, a message going, "Hey guys, when are you going to talk about Star Trek?" Because um, we're thirty three minutes in and we haven't talked about Star Trek, so I would like to read oh, you we something. Do that all the time. I know, but someone said to us, "Hey guys, you do that all the time." Um, but uh, I know. here's what I want to so read you to you. Be used to it, right? This here's something. <laughs> That uh, that concerns me. Okay. Um, like in a bad way. Am I gonna? Be they had a they had a script for a Star. Listen, this is about the new movie. They had a script for Star Trek that really wasn't working for them. I think the studio was worried that it might have been a little bit too Star Trekky. Avengers, which is a pretty nerdy comic book, supposedly niche thing, made $1.5 billion, and Star Trek Into Darkness made half a billion, which is still brilliant. But it means that, according to the studio, there's still a billion worth of box office that don't go and see Star Trek, and they want to know why. So this is someone saying how the studios are like, hey, you uh, the original Star Trek made a bunch of money, Into Darkness made less, Um this might be too Star Trekky. We need to make it more like Avengers. It needs oh. to be more like that. Oh, no. Here's what concerns me. That's a quote from Simon Pegg, who's writing the new Star Trek. Oh no. It really concerns me. That's yeah. Simon, stay strong. <laughs> well, here's the thing. This comes this comes just them. a couple of days after he said that he thinks that these like nerdy like comic book movies and like 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 are like infantilizing us or whatever, however you say that, like making us like stay children for too long. And, and he, on his blog, he kind of retorted to that, but he hasn't really addressed the Star Trek rumors, at least at the time of this recording, um, that were on his blog. He was like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm a geek. I'll always be a geek. But I feel like there was a point when like, like you would also go to the movies and people went and saw real stuff. And now it's all escapist and it's all, it's, it's, all to entertain you and to wow you and never to make you think and Star Trek is supposed to make you think I know but that's the thing that he's he's now saying the studio has said this is what they want and it's just like whoa no 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 I, I, he I has want- to stay strong he has to not let the studio tell him what to do please like you know what like, Star Trek 2 had it, a lot of action make, it make us think make it Star Trek 09 Star Trek 09 had a ton of action and made me think and made me feel uh, Star Trek 6 had a ton of action and made me think and made me feel. First Contact had a ton of action and made me think and made me yeah, feel. Yeah, like I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not averse to the action part. Like I get it. Like you've, you know, fucking studio, studio execs need to feel like, you know, need to have their dick stroked so that they think that they're going to make money and so put the action in to make them happier. And I understand but, that this is, this, this is a, you know, it's a money making venture. This is not a nonprofit, but like, but. But like yeah, the fact like is, cannot- is that what you're going to do is, is you're going to turn Star Trek <coughs> into just everything else. Yeah. Like, and that's the, th- see, here's the, and this uh, to me is like the heart of the problem in Hollywood, right? It's like when you turn at, when everything is the same, 
you're all vying for the exact same mind share. Like it doesn't even make good business sense. Well, and why like, did you know why I mean? did the Avengers like, work? Why did the Avengers work? Because something. they doubled down on the Avengers. That's why it worked. Is because they made Iron Man. You know, they said we're going to double down on this. We're going to go down and we're going to we're going to build this. We're going to make this important to people. We're going to make it important to people because no one else is doing this. Nobody went into Avengers and said, "Hey, Spider Man's doing really well. Can we make Avengers more like Spider Man?" No. When they made Iron Man, they did something different. They made something that was different and it connected. And that's what you do. If it might, And it pisses me off because if you look at Nemesis, Nemesis was very much like, we're going to make it action-y and more you know, darker and you know, grittier. And, and it's always like what bums me out is that like First Contact did well and it was like Wrath of Khan. And ever since then, they were like, we're going to make Nemesis like Wrath of Khan and we're going to make... Into Darkness, like Wrath of Khan and Star Trek 09. It's a little, little bit like Wrath of Khan, you know, and it's just like they they want to go back and they want to go. I want to make it like this other thing that worked. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're, because they're like, well, this worked. Let's just do that. It's like, motherfucker, like, eventually people don't want to keep seeing the same thing again. Like, it's your fucking job to innovate. That's what will get you the mind share. That's what will get you the fucking audience is to not be like everything else. Well, and like, I, that's, that's, it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, like they're so focused on the business aspect of it. And like at the heart of the business aspect, that remains true. And it's well, like, and it's all fucked up. Here's that. the other thing that's fucked up is that, is that into darkness was <coughs> two years ago, which was like four years after star Trek. We call it star Trek. Oh nine. It's been six years since the, that first star Trek movie came out into darkness was over two years ago. Now, um, and or just about two years ago, and they're saying they're going to go three years in between. So that's by next year, it's going to be seven years since Star Trek 09. It's only the third film. And you know what? If you look what Marvel's doing, Marvel's putting something out every like year and a half, every two years. They've got a TV thing. There's a way where people can invest. And Paramount has always done this. They did this with Enterprise. They're like, we're going to make Enterprise hipper. We're going to make it less Star Trek. No, just make good Star Trek and have it available. Like, like going four years in between movies, there are people like the, the kids who like Star Trek 09, they're in college now, guys. Like, like, like you, you, you want to, you want people to be able to invest Star Trek. The reason the Star Trek movies did well and became such a venerable franchise is because people invested on TV and then it was cool to see those characters up on the big screen doing shit that's big. And, and, uh, it pisses me off that, that there is no place to invest in the, in that smaller aspect. And I think that's the problem. I think the movies need, as a facet of being movies, they need to be big. They do need to be a little more like Star Wars. They do need to be a little bit more like I mean, Avengers. I get, I get that it needs to, like, we need to take advantage of the resources we have available. But the reason that it fucking worked, the reason but, it was excited, exciting to see them do that, the reason it's exciting to see Captain Picard in a, in a, you know, Star Wars environment or to see Captain Kirk, you know, in a Star Wars ish environment is because you've invested in them and the other things. And it's like seeing your buddy do something huge. Like it was exciting yeah. to see them on the big screen. And right well, now. Yes. And it's because like, like you're talking like, I mean, like in the Avengers movies, like that's something that like I noticed too. It's because we each of them have their own movies where we're learning about them. Yeah. Right. So like, 
when you're coming to the Avengers, like you already know all these people on their own. So it's interesting to see them interacting together in this film, right? Like that's kind of the, that's kind of the reason that's sort of the point, you know what I mean? Like, and it's going to, it's not going to get any easier to get Zoe Zaldana and to get Chris Pine and to get, it's going to be harder and harder to get these people together. And they're already getting older and older. Like if the whole point was this is young Kirk, this is their young days. It's not their young days anymore. Like it's not like like you you have let too much time pass Paramount and we haven't been able to grow with them. So now they're in this totally different stage of their life. And like you like like the great thing about Star Trek was always that you could invest. You could continue to invest. And right now they're treating it like the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. I mean, because I do feel like even between like in the, the earlier Star Trek movies, like they weren't coming out one right after the other. Um. Well, but, a little bit. I mean, I mean, a little bit. I mean, were they? It was it'd be a couple few years in between. It was like every year and a half, every two years, two years max. But I'm just saying, like you, but like you, we knew them. Like their sure. relations were were solid. You know what I mean? So by the time we're going to see them do movies, like it's like getting together with their old friends again. Yeah, exactly. Right? And and like, I'm not. It's not. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's the difference. And the Avengers have figured out a way to do that in a cinematic universe. The Avengers have been like. Absolutely. That's because each one of these characters, you follow their story. And and that's when you get to sort of personally connect with them. And then it's then they get thrown together with their buddies. And then it's like, oh, yay. I mean, it's almost like for, uh, you know, being theater people, us, you know what I mean? Like when you you go off and you do your shows or whatever. And then like maybe you guys maybe you and I and like some other people we did shows with in the past like get cast in the same show right it's like this is a fucking big party right because like this is gonna be so cool and we know each other from each other's works or from others or having seen each other around or what have you you know what I mean like so that it's not the same as kind of coming to something like cold and distant like like you're bringing your own person in and 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 we're seeing that genesis of like a group dynamic I mean the fact the the fact is is why do we care what ha- if I'm not a Star Trek fan already, why do I care what happens next to Captain Kirk? Like, why do I care? It, it's not going to be because it's a cool space action movie. Guess what? Like, one of two things are going to happen. The new Star Wars movie is going to reinvigorate people's appetite for space movies. And that could happen. There's a chance that happens. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy seem to do really, really well. Um so there's a chance that 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 the yeah, new Star that's Wars a totally different vibe. Is it? Yes. I don't know if it's a totally like different vibe than I Star feel like Trek. Guardians 09. is there's so much humor in it, which isn't a bad thing. Like that's its thing, though. Do you see what I mean? Like that's what it has that's different. Yeah. From everybody else. Well, I'm just wondering if the new Star Wars movie and Guardians is going to mean that we get back to some space stuff, and then yeah, maybe people people be interested. Certainly, the original Star Wars was the the reason that you did, you know, the Star Trek movies, you know, that's because the original Star Wars movies were going on and it sort of people's appetites are going to be there. But like, if you don't do something different with it, you know, I've always had a problem. I had a problem before Star Trek 09 that they were investing so much money in it. Like I was like, you know, why not look for a little bit less return on your investment, spend a little less money on, on the intricate and awesome explodey action scenes and get down to the drama of it. And I think that people will get into it. Like people are willing to, like, because I think there's like at this point there's plenty of action with some comedy thrown in, adventure, spacey, sci-fi things out there. 
Like, there's a fucking shit ton of it. A metric shit ton of it. Which I'm glad for, because I love that shit. But that having been said... Now, if it has like, Peg's humor, I think, I think Peg's humor would fit very well thing. in Star Trek. Huh? I think Peg's humor would fit very, very well in Star Trek. Sort of, oh, sort of them I mean, commenting clear, on the ridiculousness of things. I don't, it's not that I don't think things. there's humor in Star Trek. There absolutely is. I'm just saying that but Simon like, Pegg's humor... Maybe I'm hoping that what he's doing is that he was given pressure from the studio, so he went out and and relayed that pressure so that then they see the reaction to it, so he can then... Like, I hope that it's like calculated, which maybe it is. You know, that would be great. Like to be like, listen, see, see what, see what happens when I tell people this is because he's been on. like the keeper They're of the unhappy. flame for geek, for <laughs> geek culture. He really has. I mean, I really have enjoyed like his sensibilities and I like, like if he becomes a studio hack in terms of the writing, I'm, it's going to bum me out, especially since the guy who made Fast and the Furious is the director. Like, like I just, ugh. we'll see. Yeah, I will be, I'll be super bummed out if. If he crumbles, so I'm gonna add, I'm gonna end on a uh, on a little more vote. Goes to the pressure. I know. Under pressure. He just says, he's just like listen to Hollywood. I'll just suck your big Hollywood dick. <laughs> you know, and that's it. He's like, he's like, <laughs> like the movie comes out. It's it's it was gonna be called Star Trek Beyond, and now it's like Star Trek Beyond the back of my throat. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, and it's I feel bad for them because it's like it's hard. It's hard to you you know set fingers to butthole. Um, yeah, to be like, I mean, because you're you're in it, right? And you're you know you're trying to have your career, right? You're 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 working, and it's not quite as simple as you know what I mean. Like, I don't know at what point you can be like, I'm Simon Pegg. I'll do whatever I want, but you suck my dick. You know, know what I mean? Like, I don't. It's like I call it my peg. Cause I call it my peg. Right like, there. what position? Get is pegs, in? man. You got to get pegs. I'm going to peg you. I'm going to peg you. I'll peg anybody. I'm Simon Peg. Peg, 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 peg. That's just like that. That's how it's going to go. Just like that. And scene. <laughs> like, I just, I, I don't know if he can do that, right? If he's really in, in a stable environment to say that to Hollywood. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I took, like, nah, I I took it to that place you, now. Oh. So I worry, like, cause it would, I would be really, really sad, but like, I don't, I, I would blame Hollywood and I wouldn't blame Simon. I would feel bad for him. And I would be like, man, like, cause it's like, par- and, and part of me would be like, dude, you should just tell him, like, you should just say, fuck you, then I'm out. He doesn't you know need to I mean? say fuck but you, I'm like- out though. I mean, people do it all the time. They can go, you know what? I don't think this is working. Like, I don't think, I don't think that my sensibilities are matching yours. So this is what I want to write. And if that doesn't work, no harm, no foul. That's cool. Like I'll bow out and I'll still be, I'll still be Scotty. It was like John Favreau who was like, I don't want to do any more Iron Man movies. I don't want to direct anymore, but he still showed up in them. He didn't direct or write Iron Man three, but he's in Iron Man three and the character he played in Iron Man one and two. So I don't know, man. Hey, I have one more Star Trek thing to share with you. Um, uh, I started watching Isn't another the- thing that's going to make me sad or worried. It's like, a little sad. It's a little sad. All shit on me today. It's a little sad um, that uh, that we were watching the animated series. Uh, I started showing it to uh, my older kid. And, uh, you know, I had watched that uh, second episode with uh, the parts of it when the original Star Trek nine came out, because the Spock episode where he meets himself as a child is uh is they like like lifted things directly from that episode for oh, yeah. Star Trek 09 and I thought it was really cool so I was pointing that out to my son I didn't realize that Spock's fucking dog dies 
or his bear or whatever the fuck it is. Or whatever that thing was. Like it yeah, dies at the end. And not only does it die, but it, like he gets it put to sleep. His little dog's put to sleep at the end of the episode. And I'm watching and I'm watching this with with my kid like at eight at night and he goes to bed at eight thirty and I'm like, Oh, this is a safe thing to watch. La la la. And we get to the end and you know, like most adults at some point in their life have had an animal they've had to have put to sleep. I have. And and he's like he's like, Is this what you did? My old cat's name was Happy. Is this what you did to Happy? I'm like, fuck. Really? Oh, man. Really? Oh. Star Trek should be the one place, the one place I can go where I don't have to hear the sad story story of a boy whose dog gets put to sleep. That's like the <laughs> like I I'm ready for worms in the fucking ears. I'm ready for I I'm ready for people impaling each other and assimilating each other. I mean, you can do all of it. You can you can phase <laughs> like people to death. That. That's fine. I'm ready. Cubes, world domination. Earwigs. Yes, yeah, seriously, shit. seriously. But but what I'm not ready for is some fucking Saturday school, the after school special, my poor dead dog bullshit, man. You know, you know the and, and then when Spock comes back, like I f- I forget what the fucking line was that he has, but like like you know he's like times different for me because my poor dead fucking dog. Like, because the future is like slightly different because of that. I was just so I was angry with the episode because I was like, "This doesn't belong here. This is the story you're going to tell. This is what you're going to do." Like, there's not enough. But it d- does, though. It just I'm just it shows. I mean, here's here's a more positive way to look at that: is it just shows the versatility of the Star Trek? No, it's it not. No, it doesn't. No, fuck that. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. There. You know how you say Star Trek shouldn't <laughs> be like everywhere, every everything else. You know what? There is is a uh, like when I was a fucking kid, man, there is no shortage of I've got to shoot my dog literature out there. There's no shortage, man. I kid you not. Was there like a whole section of it in the library? You like read was Old like, Yeller. No. What do you got to do to like, Old Yeller? You got know, to you, you you fucking kill your books. dog at the end this of Old Yeller. Guess what? the kill your dog section. <laughs> it's like seriously, chapters one through 19, we love the dog, fall in love with the dog. Chapter 20, I have to kill the dog. Old Yeller scene. And then, and then fucking, you got to read. Then they make you read. You know what they do to boys? They make they probably do it to girls too, but I was a boy. They they make I was you read. Say, I'm pretty sure I had to read that horrible shit. Yeah, too, but here's the thing: I'm a boy, and they're reading. It's a story about a boy, and I had a dog, and there was a dog. Then they make you read where the red fern wait, do you grows. Imagine, wait, no, no. You have you read where the fern grows? Where the red imagine fern grows? That I don't have that same relationship when I'm reading that book, just because the guy because it's a boy instead of a girl. Like, no, there's on, gr- no, no, no. Trust me, there's girl dog stuff out there. Marley and me out there go watch it and then kill yourself you realize that sounds like a bad board film like seriously seriously marley and me you know what marley and me has marley and me marley and me has a fun little puppy prequel that they made after they made marley and me and then they made books about marley and me and you know what happens at the end of the actual marley and me movie the dog fucking dies spoiler alert scene done i am done they made me read it and then they kill it like they made me read. And, they and made me read movies. in in elementary school where the red fern grows. You know what's different oh, between man. where the red fern grows and Old Yeller and where the red fern grows? There are two dead dogs, two of them. They have or, two what dogs. Was the other one that was horrible. The Red Pony or something? Maybe it was Stevenson, right? 
I don't know. I probably I just remember. I remember we had to read these fucking books, right? Like, what I recall is, like, it wasn't even just that we had to read them while young. Like, we, like, read them aloud in class, right? At least for me, that's what it was. Oh, my so, like, gosh. I'm, like, sobbing in class. You know what I mean? Like, how how cool is that? Like, I'm trying to, like, I mean, at the worst time in your life, because you're surrounded by these other people, like, and, and all that matters is trying to be accepted and or cool. And then they make you fucking read this shit I know, out seriously. Loud. In class, and then I have to be the asshole that's like crying in a corner. Like no, I you know you know what I look forward to. I'm going to complete the trilogy. I'm going to write another book where there are three dogs, three (laughs) dogs that you have to kill. And you know what I'm going to do? Don't do that. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book where somebody has to kill their dog halfway through the book, and then the dog magically comes back to life, and then they have to do it again. That's what I. Who sits down? Like, why who, do you want to up the ante? Why wouldn't you? I'm just get saying. Back? No, no. I'm being sarcastic. Why wouldn't you rather get back at them by like making the dog come back to life and being like, "Suck it, bitches." Yeah, like, they did that. It was called I "All Dogs like, Go to Heaven," and you know what happens at the end? The dog's still dead. I just <laughs> like it's just like it, I don't I don't know why the, like the person I don't know which book came first I'm gonna assume Old Yeller came first do you think the person I, I think Old Yeller's do you think the person who wrote Where the Red Fern Grows sat down and was like ah oh, Old Yeller that was scary and tragic that really that upset horrible. people you know what I'm gonna do it's like exploitative like tragedy porn I'm sorry I'm sorry yes. and it didn't belong porn, in though. Star Trek are there it, people that get off on that because I don't get off on that. It didn't belong in that episode. There should have been a warning beforehand. I'm sorry. <laughs> Some sort of like dead dog warning at the beginning. <laughs> warning. <laughs> Rated NC-17 for the fact that no child should watch this thing about a dead dog right before bed. <laughs> Done. And it should say to Justin. To Justin. <laughs> to Justin. Warning: Dog dies. Do not watch. The dog dies. The, the name of the episode should be "The Dog Dies at the End," so you know. <laughs> so you know to skip you, it. All people should know. I find it so. Like I gotta say, there's part of me, and I feel like I feel kind of bad about this, but there's part of me that's laughing at you, my friend. No, I didn't I care. Love like, you. No, and from like, my point I of just, view, I didn't care. I was fine. I was fine with it. In truth, I was fine with it. But to be with my of kid, of course you were. That's what I'm saying. Like I just, I feel like. It's it's like poetic justice that this poetic Justins. Yes, because you're like the guy who always wants people to die and consequences and blah blah blah. You're gonna shreddy and like now you had to like deal with what happens when that's done. Like and that's just I just you had that coming, man. You did. Hey, listen. This has been a tragic episode of Trek Off, but if you want to see us live, um, right now I'm it's it's Saturday when recording this. I'll probably post this Sunday or Monday of Memorial Day. Uh, you've only got like a week, a uh, week from the time of this recording. So the Saturday after Memorial Day, 2015, we're going to be at Awesome Con. Come see us there. Come see us live. Real. We're going to play some Come more fuck Mary. We're going to play some more fuck Mary kill while we're there. We're going to play games. Are we're going to really, We're going to lay a little bit. We're going to laugh with the audience. We're going to talk about Star well, Trek. We're definitely going to do that. We're going to talk a little <laughs> bit about, I think we're going to talk a little bit about the Star, Star Trek Beyond, a little more about it, go over what it's all about. It's really excited, really excited to do that. If you want to come early, I'm I'm doing a panel um, with, uh, uh, I hopefully, if, if he can get back from uh, shooting from Dust Till Dawn, uh, Ed Sanchez from Blair Witch Project is having a bunch of guys, uh, I think a bunch of guys, I know I'm there, to defend Star Wars Episode One. That's going to be contentious, and you'll get to see us argue about that. See us do Trek off in the middle of the day, and then finish your day with ninjas versus monsters 
totally Saturday at AwesomeCon in Washington, D.C. You got to come, man. So that's yeah, that. Yeah, like it's so much fun when you get to be like when we're all in the room together. And, and then in between, you can meet. And- you know, I just read something on Facebook. Somebody was like, I don't care about meeting Shatner or George Takei or any of the Doctor Who people. I want to go meet uh, uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, the people who created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And guess what? They're there. Like that, or if you don't care about Shatner or George K, why are you listening to this show? Um, but if you yeah, don't, if I you question while you're listening. if you don't, if you don't care, then that's fine. Go meet all the people from Doctor Who. They're there too. They're there too, and some people from Buffy. They're there too, and us. So really, in between our shows, there are other things to go see and do. It's really fun, and yeah, yeah go. There's tons of stuff to do. There are tons of, of people to see. Yeah, um, hang out with you know fellow fellow geeks. Like, that's my favorite part about it, you know, is getting to actually be around all my peoples. Like, we all get to commune and, and, and take in each other's geek juices in the air, you know, in a very sexual and orgy-like way. Yes. And then, you know, <laughs> and just, like, feel recharged by it. But for now, my name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. Trek Trek on, bitches! So you just finished the episode and you're like, hey, that was fun. I'd like more Trek off to put in my ear hole, to put into my brain part. Well, that's really easy. All you got to do is go to trekoffpodcast.com. There's over 100 hours of Trek off. It's free. Just go there, trekoffpodcast.com or search iTunes or whatever pod feed you use or trekoffpodcast.com. That's really easy. You can also like us on Facebook where you'll hear information about everything that we do. Like us there, especially hearing about trekoffmovie.com. That's our movie. We're making a movie based on this. The trailer's there. Links are there. Trekoffmovie.com, trekoffpodcast.com. Thank you for listening and trek off.